0: Welcome, welcome to 561 Music. My name's Ben, and today, Hector is away on vacation. Um, He's out on the west coast of Florida enjoying himself with his family. So uh, he's recorded a little message for you guys, so why don't we listen to it
1: right about now. Hey, guys. Sorry I can't be with you. Um, As you can see behind me with the fake beach and the fake palm trees and the fake water, um, you know, I'm having a fake vacation. No, I'm actually uh, really on vacation, and I'm, uh, I'm really at the beach, and I'm really enjoying my time here. Um and uh, I'm sorry I can't be with you guys, Matt. I'm sorry I'm missing your your uh, um lounge uh, your lounge act of there in the 561 Music Lounge. But uh, I'm sure it's spectacular. I can't wait to see it, and I will definitely uh, see you guys soon. And I'll, I'll catch up with you guys next week. All right, talk to you guys soon. Uh, have a great show, guys. Bye.
0: He seems to be having a lovely time. Um, we all wish him the best, so yeah, which is just uh, me and Matt on the show today. But before I get to him, I'll tell you a funny little story. I was, uh, it's been really super hot here, like it always is in the summer, obviously. But um, the UK is currently experiencing a, a heat wave, which is. It doesn't happen that often in, in the UK. And every time it does happen, everyone acts like it's the first time it's ever happened. So um, everyone's freaking out on uh, social media and, and going on about it. And I was giving <laughs> giving advice to my friend Lara because I, I'm very experienced now in terms of uh, hot weather. So I was like, okay, so... You've got to get in any water of any kind. So if you can get in the pool, do that. But eh, COVID in the UK, so probably not. So failing that, get in the bath. Failing that, get in the shower. And then she did. She, she got in the shower. And then she got in the shower in her clothes. And then just wore cold, <laughs> wet clothes afterwards. <laughs> so I think that worked. <laughs> I think she managed to figure out a way to cool herself down. But um, yeah, anyway, I just thought I'd give you a shout-out, Laura. It was nice to chat to you. I haven't spoken to you in a while. So... Um, All right then. Without further ado, I'm going to introduce our guest. We have Matt Krug
2: here. How's it going, Matt? Doing well. Thank you very much for having me.
0: Oh, it's my pleasure. So, um, me and Matt are we play in a band together, no name Scar Band, and uh, it's starting to pick up a little steam again. So I've been seeing a little bit more of you lately, haven't I? It's been nice.
2: It has been nice. Twenty twenty, yeah. we it it was way too long. So <laughs> yeah, it's de- definitely good to be getting back and playing music with you.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. It's you know the kind of band that we are really had to wait until everything had opened up again. It's just there's no uh, there's no six feet distancing with uh, with that kind of thing. So
2: no, we're too close. Mm-hmm. Sweaty hugs. <laughs> it uh, it wouldn't have worked well with voted well with the COVID. No,
0: yeah. not really. So um. Matt is a, uh, he's one of the managers and um, a show coordinator and um, the guy who sorts everything out at Propaganda in Lake Worth, which is, uh, it's really, probably, I would say it's the most exciting venue that there is in the 561 area. I mean, I'm sure some people might have different views, but that's my personal opinion. I think that if you want to see a band down here, like, an exciting band that's catching fire, uh, uh, or you know, a, a classic kind of legendary punk band of some kind. You couldn't really see them in a better place than Propaganda, and you do, you do get them through as well, don't you? You get like some pretty awesome acts through
2: there. Yeah, you know, of course, you know, our main thing is the original local bands around here and in, in, in our local scene. Sure, but uh, yeah, we get lucky every once in a while with uh, with some national acts, some awesome tours, and awesome shows uh, because of our capacity. You know, we're so we're it's a small spot so we can only get certain people like up until like a band coming up until they get too big then they move on or uh you know a band i wouldn't say necessarily on their way out but they're you know they're maybe the their their draw has just waned a little bit and the hardcore fans are the only ones still going to the shows and we can we can get them in there so you can catch somebody that you know you used to really love and would never be able to see up close and then see them up close and yeah it's really a score when we when we get to get one of them in
0: i think a good example of someone like that is that you had black flag play that was crazy
2: yeah black, black flag was a was a big one you know we have done so many just awesome ones rich richie ramon was there It was yeah, just awesome yeah. to have ramon there uh you know on the reggae side you know but bef- now we couldn't possibly do valley who pacifier in prop because you know they're going to be you know uh culture room revolution or or you know even Amphitheater type st- shows, but uh, we got them on their way up, and and yeah, I um, think w- actually one of my, f- uh, uh, um, I can't even remember. This is going to be the, what I was worried about on the show is that almost <laughs> ten years of running the venue, uh, my memory is not what it used to be. <laughs> yeah, or sure. my, my immediate recall. But I'm going to try names as well. Just for you know, I'm, oh, face to face is who I was thinking oh, of. For for me personally, face to face was a big one to have in prop. I couldn't believe we got them. I was really stoked on that one.
0: Oh, that's cool. Yeah. The I mean, I, you know, I came straight out of the out of the gate talking about propaganda and the people you've had there, but it was really just as a, a kind of a form of introduction. But we're going to kind of stick with roughly the same format of questions as we ask everyone on here because not only um are you the guy, the propaganda man that makes things happen, but you're also a musician and really kind of, you know, first and foremost a musician in many ways. So um I just want to ask you, um, what, what, what was your early, like, musical experience? Like, how did you get into it? Did your parents listen to music? What was going on when you were, you know, right at the beginning there?
2: Well, you no, know, funny. i I'll, I'll admit something that I don't think a lot of musicians will admit, but uh, from the very beginning, it was all about a girl. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no joke, man. It was about. It was about. I was a young romantic. It was first grade. I could still remember it like yesterday. For some reason, my old memories I can keep. It's just the recent ones like, <laughs> right. I lose. But uh, first grade. So what? You're like six years old or something. And uh yeah. this girl Samantha Garcia, she played the piano, and I just wanted to impress her so much that I got my parents to start giving me a piano lessons. So that's that's where I started. Was classically training playing piano and luckily my parents forced me to stick with it because you know nobody that starts playing anything as a kid in lessons they always hit that point and they're just like i don't want to do this anymore i want to go play soccer or something but my parents were like nope you said you wanted to start it you promised if you started it you're going to finish it so they held me to it and uh played piano up until i picked up the guitar at 14.
0: You know, I had no idea you played piano until you were around my house and I have a piano in my living room and all of a sudden you just busted out all this amazing piano just to come out of nowhere. I can believe it. But yeah, so it turned out you were real good at that. What kind of music um were your parents listening to when you were young?
2: You know that is, that's the thing. Your influence always start before you can even it's, it's your own taste, you're going off the taste of your family or anybody yeah. that's around you and Yeah. You know, my dad my dad played some guitar and um and they, I guess they had a little hippies in them. So, and from the time that they came from, there was a lot of, uh, you know, um, James Taylor, uh, uh, Carol King, Jim Grossi, uh, you know, Billy Joel. Yeah, that that really was like my, you know, we're going on vacation in the back of the car. That's my soundtrack. You know, okay. driving, listening to it. Of course, classic um, songwriters. But then you know my, I got lucky I, I had an older sister she's about 10 years older than me oh, right. so okay. you know about the time I made her 9 she's 18 19 you know early 90s so I'm going into her room and stealing her NXS yeah, albums yeah. Uh, you know Guns N' Roses and that kind of stuff and you know even to um, Wilson Phillips or stuff like that you know and you're just kind of like a sponge soaking up everything from yeah. everybody at the time but I I've I was pretty. Uh, I was kind of sheltered, TV wise, and stuff. Or, or so it was only what like they on exposed purpose? me to. Yeah, m- yeah, my parents were very Christian, right? And uh, and just they weren't really strict, but TV just wasn't really a focus for us. Um, so I was pretty sheltered from stuff for a while until about like fourth grade. We had moved and I uh, went over to a friend's house and saw MTV for the very first time. And uh, so fourth grade, I don't I don't know what the year is about that, but. Uh, I remember the very three first music videos in a row of what I saw, and the first one was, I think to this day one of the best music videos ever made, and that's Black Hole Sun by Soundgarden. Oh yeah, it's just, and, but to never see anything like that, and that's your first music video, yeah. it just totally blew me away, man. I was like, yeah. whoa, there's a whole, you know.
0: So those crazy purpley, yellowy colors in the video and everything yeah and just gnarly that video
2: just the the creativity and the artistry that goes into it that t- takes something more than a song and i was like wow songs can be more than just the song like it's all it's a whole experience when you when you when an artist puts their musical artistry with the vision that they have behind it and yeah. showing something it, it blew me away it was so it was this black hole sun <laughs> um Stay by uh, Lisa Loeb, uh, yeah, and Crazy by Aerosmith. Those, Crazy, those... <laughs> yeah. Remember that video was just on loop on MTV
0: all uh, the time.
2: Oh yeah, but that I mean that definitely spun my head on its axis, and like I was like, "There's a whole bunch of crap out there that my parents aren't listening to. I need to get into this." And uh, so then I started listening to everything I could, and, and honestly, think uh, I would say when I found Metallica is what made me fall in love with the guitar. And, right. like, I have to play guitar. When you hear... I'm just listening to that. There was, I'm you know, mowing the lawn with a cassette tape and headphones at the time. And yeah, yeah. it was just, I, I have to play guitar.
0: Which was the album... Was um which was the album of Metallica that you first were exposed to?
2: Oh, I mean about that time it would it was probably Load and then I had to Load or Reload probably was about the time I was really getting into it and then I had to work my way back to all the good stuff too. Well, What's nothing else awesome matters too. on. That's the black album I think. Right, I I'm probably. pretty sure. Right. That was before before that. Right, yeah. But yeah, Metallica when I found them that made me fall in love with the guitar. Uh definitely uh when I heard Rancid, well, Green Day was first, I think. Sure. I heard that. I was like my first punk I heard because it was the radio punk. Yeah. But luckily I found Rancid. I'm like, oh, this is like, this is my kind of punk. Yeah. You know, and th- but yeah, th- yeah. when I attached on that, I was like, all right, now I know I'm a punk. Like, this is this is my stuff right here. And uh, I think seeing when I found Social Distortion, that was, for some reason, it just clicked with me. I know it's not everybody's family, favorite band. They're not that complicated, but something about that made me want to be in a band myself got
0: great feel social yeah. distortion just a vibe like, mm. how old were you when you when you were listening to all this punk
2: uh, That's like fourth fourth grade i think right. fifth, or well maybe fifth to sixth was when it first was really I going into pu- it
0: i got into punk a lot later i think the just the way i was brought up with um you know, bit, being a boarding school and stuff like that didn't really make sense in my environment. You know, <laughs> and then like when I finally you didn't
2: want to fight against the system in a boarding school, really? Well,
0: I did want to fight against the system. It just didn't. I mean, I listened to Green Day and I listened to Offspring. There just wasn't that kind of. I wasn't. It was, I was in the opposite of an urban environment, and you know, and I did like it, but but I just didn't get it necessarily until until I kind of when i was 18 and i was out well maybe a bit young in that 16 17 and i was out kind of you know getting into trouble and then it really clicked for me
2: you you had to get something to be angry about before it like really resonated <laughs> i guess or so I, I guess
0: so i don't know I, i'm not sure what that was about well when i was younger it was more like um i was into like electronica and stuff like that like apex twin and stuff mm-hmm. and i was a bit of a music snob because like you know I was a, a music scholar to a small degree, and. and 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 I think I was I I wanted music you know music to be really sort of complicated and also I, at my school there was a big like psychedelic trance kind of crowd mm-hmm. and that was it was more it my whole thing it seemed to be more about dance music all my friends and everything I got pushed in that direction but then I got it it's funny because a lot of people. It's in. Re- it's the other way around. Mm-hmm. A lot of people get into dance music in their like late teens, early twenties. I was into dance music when I was really young, and then I got into punk in my late teens, early twenties. Yeah. <laughs> kind of in reverse. Yeah, I don't know how that worked out. Well,
2: then do ever things are backwards over in the UK? Driving, <laughs> driving on the wrong side of the road? <laughs> yeah. So let's go on the opposite. Oh no, that's Australia. I, I think that's a myth. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. but, you know, those it was. I, I, you know, it's an amazing time. For anybody, when you're making that transition, though, and you're finding new stuff and it's changing who you are yeah. just by the music, you know, it, it, I don't know, I don't know if it's more changing who you are or discovering who you are through the type of music that speaks to you, but it's, it's such an exciting time. Isn't nothing just? Nothing feels as big or as important or, or as life-changing as when you're in, into that. At least maybe it's just me getting old now thinking back and, re- and reflecting on it, but it's just an, it's an exciting time and I re- those it totally changed my life changed the direction of my life with yeah. every every different artist that i listened to and uh those were the big artists and and uh but i i remember uh the exactly when i fell in love with the local scene which is why i do what i do right you know the artists were seeing all these new bands and getting into it they're you know unattainable unattainable they're they the big artists and and just huge big deals you you know, I think my first show, or my well, first show was uh, Mike Ness' show, Social D, at the old Carefree Three Theater, which isn't there anymore. Uh, that, really, one, that was your first show. That's cool. Yeah, it wasn't, uh, well, there was a Christian concert that I don't count, but, <laughs> yeah, okay, <laughs> but, yeah, but yeah, Mike Ness. It's sold, not really a show, <laughs> is it? Yeah. Well, I mean, oh, I can't even remember the name of the bands, but it was one of the big Christian ones, so okay. it really was like a rock oh. concert, but... Oh, right. I don't I don't tell anybody that. Well, now everybody's going to know. <laughs> uh, Did you know
0: we're like the 70th biggest music po- music interview podcast in the UK? Isn't that the weirdest thing?
2: That's that's pretty good.
0: I know. It's super cool. I don't know who... Uh, thanks, by the way, everyone who's listening to this in the UK because you've made us like this. I think it's like the 77th or something. It's crazy. But yeah, big up. Big up, Ollie and Ben <laughs> for listening to
2: it. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know... So, my, like, Mike Mess was my first show at Carefree, but Carefree was probably, I don't know, like a 500 to 1,000-person seated theater. You know, it still was a big show, but then the second one I went to was a Metallica show at, like, Joe Robbie Stadium in Miami, so it's just massive amounts of people, and, like, that's... I just always thought of these artists that I was looking up to as, you know, they're big, they're on a the table, and they're yeah. at this level. And uh, I don't even remember how I found out about uh, going to a, a local punk show or who who, but I'm... I can't even believe my parents dropped me off at it or something. I was probably right. like 15 or 14. I don't even know. See, this is what I'm talking about. This is what I didn't get to do.
0: This is why punk took a bit longer for me. Uh-huh. It's because that 14, 15, going go to a punk show, that's what. That's when mo- a lot of people fell in love with punk, you know, because yeah. that's the whole thing of it.
2: It, I, it was uh, my first local band show. It was at Raised Downtown Blues old, in Clematis, and I walked in there, and I know, uh, I know Third Degree Monotony was playing... Uh, and a band called damsel in distress and it just it just hit me i'm like wow you can do this local like you don't have to be that big band people are doing this right here you can do it you can be a part of it too
0: that's what punk's all about and it just
2: it lit like i fell in love with it immediately like you can do what you want to do you can yeah you can do it too yeah and uh that's it just struck me think also because the damsel in distress girl flashed the crowd and it was like the first real pair of tits that i saw her. so <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's why i, I, well, I sure didn't hurt, yeah. <laughs> but no it just you know that I'll, I'll never forget that feeling when i realized it was attainable uh you know anybody yeah. any, anybody had the ability to do it And i think that's really when i kind of fell in love with it um, yeah started started playing shows you know with our own bands around like 18 or something and, and uh one one show ray and i talk about all the time um Ray uh, and I were sitting in the back room of the show, setting up with m- settling up with money and just talking, and I looked at him and I told him, Ray, one day, I'm gonna be you, because I just wanted a place, just like Ray's, a small club where yeah. where people can oh, do what wow. they want to do, and uh, Ray looked at me and said, no, you don't. <laughs> you don't want to do that. <laughs> and uh, he was only half right. He was only, <laughs> he was only half right, but uh, <laughs> you know, I, I fell in love with the local scene back then, and I, I knew I'd I wanted to be a part of it in whatever way I could be.
0: That's wonderful. So I have a couple of sort of more music-related questions, and I have a couple of questions relating a bit more to the club. But um, so in regards to the music questions, do you have a writing process when it comes to writing music?
2: Um, Well, I think it's, it's it probably changes from time to time. Um, you know, when I was younger and I had more free time, I would actually just sit with my guitar and play to pass the time and and you know stumble across something that sound good and then build off of that um i don't have that much free time anymore to to, uh, just sit and play and mess around you know if every once in a while i try to but so i'd say recently it's it's changed more to um i'll be inspired by something i hear and I may you know, maybe it's you know, just getting older or I'm getting a little more jaded with uh music in general, like it takes I'm not as struck by like everything. So when something does actually stick out to me and, and, and hits me, I'm like, Oh, I really like that. Yeah. And uh and but in my head I hear it go some something somewhere different uh. than what than what they did. Yeah, yeah. And uh No and one it,
0: said that yet. That's a, a refreshed. that's a new take. Huh. Really? Well, yeah. that's
2: good. Yeah, but uh,
0: you like get directly inspired by stuff, like you know,
2: yeah. You well, you know, and I could see, you know, it's not not like stealing, but inspired no. by something. And one, every we're all influenced by each other. Oh yeah, and anyone who says they aren't.
0: So I was, I was listening to the singer of um, uh, LCD Sound System on a podcast the other day, and he was saying, um, he was saying that like. Um, he's so sick of sort of indie bands when he was growing up, um, saying they only listen to all of this stuff <laughs> like, like, you know, Xenakis z- orchestral music and all this kind of thing. But mm-hmm. then they also just so happen to sound exactly like the other five indie bands <laughs> they all play with. Right. And it's like, But apparently they all have all these super highfalutin kind of, you know, like um, uh, influences and stuff like that. You know, it, I think there's a lot of uh, kind of Bending of the truth, there, you know. And I think it's ridiculous to to claim that we aren't influenced directly by the by by the stuff that you know we hear playing around us because we are, and you know, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that,
2: either Yeah, and and by no means am I saying that I would like actually intend or try and intentionally steal. I mean, I mean, I'm really inspired. Like I'll, or uh, you know, still, you know, just really like how a chorus is arranged or something. But I hear it. In my head, it, it would be better if they had went somewhere else. So, right. and I can't get I can't get that sound of it going and doing something. What I hear out of my head until I finally sit oh, down cool. and pick up the guitar and work it out, or even if it's just like a, a rhythm or a feel of a certain part, I'm like, all right, I I want to capture a feel like this, and then write my own thing that's kind of trying to grasp that, but not copying it. But I just want to get kind of portray the same feeling, right? Um, And the great thing now, you know, being a band with you, and you're such an amazing writer, and everyone in our band is so talented. Like, so if I am inspired by a particular song or or movement in a song, and start, so I have an idea off of that that's already, you know, six degrees removed from it, and then I bring it to the band, and everybody puts their piece on it. Right. We end up (laughs) miles away from where it started, and like nowhere near the original song. But that's kind of how it's uh, it's been working. So yeah. far, you know, when we first started No Name, uh, you and I pretty much had most of our songs already written, like in our heads. Like, I brought half of them, yeah. you brought half of them, and we'd each bring our songs. And I mean, we made s- several changes to most of them, like as, as we went, but for as a whole, the general idea, the major blueprint was already written, yeah. Um, but now with the uh, new members that we have, uh, name drop, Andy Johnson. Uh, Justin Gianotros and uh, Andres Valencia. He's he's been with us since the beginning, but our new drummer, our new bassist. Uh, this is actually a really exciting time for me when we when we do get in and, and practice and start in writing. That uh, we have no blueprint. Like we have like one little riff that somebody's yeah. got, and we just start there, and we just kind of discover the song like together.
0: Yeah, that climbing up the walls idea that we had. That was really a collaboration, wasn't it? We all just came up and just kind of built, just kind of cobbled it together. Like, oh, let, what, let's try. I really like it when you write like that. Sometimes when it's just the the band's in a room and it's like, all right, well, let's just go try and write it. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. You know,
2: you know, uh, for people that don't play in a band, like I don't think. Like, it's it's hard to describe the feeling of when you guys, when inspirations hit and things are clicking. And, and luckily with our band, we work so well together and everybody's just so talented and so creative that it, it really comes easy. yeah And so it's like, all right, I got this little piece of something. Let me play it. You like it? And somebody's like, oh, that's that's awesome. I, I hear this. And we just immediately, and off we go to the races. And, yeah. and just it unfolds. And sometimes I have to pull us back we're like wait a second wait a second we're we we're going off in a too different of a direction but well we we try it you know all different ways everybody's opinion or something and uh, and whittle it down to what we feel it's supposed to be in the end I guess yeah I
0: feel like also well, something about No Name is that is that we that it's we're not necessarily trying to reinvent the wheel it's like it's like there's a sound world that we're trying to inhabit you know and so we can we have choices of where to go rather than like we mm-hmm. can do you know, it's not like, it's not like we, let's do it in thirteen eight and like, you know, have a gong in the middle, you know. It's not, <laughs> that's not like what we're doing, really. It's more kind of um, writing ska punk songs and just, you know, and, and the, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with that either. It's It, it kind of is what it is. We, we've certainly veered away from, it's not completely generic or anything like that, but we definitely have a palette that we're, that we're using, you know.
2: Yeah, in, in general, I think, uh, you know, for those of you who, uh, if you don't know uh, the No Name Sky band, that's that's our band. We're uh, dual singers in the band, and um, we're really more of a ska punk band. Like, we, but we touch a lot of our songs aren't even ska. I will admit yeah. it, 100%. They're not ska. They're ska adjacent. Yeah. We got horns, but we mix in just about everything from metal to punk. Uh, Throwing some classic stairway to heaven and influences, or, or something <laughs> like no, nothing's off the table. Yeah. Uh, we just throw everything that we got at it, and we're like, Well, we got a skanking part, let's throw a metal part right in the middle, let's just try it, yeah. like, guys. Just try it, let's see what happened. You know, we're not trying to fit an exact, formula. you know, now
0: you say it is a little bit more out there than I was remembering it. Yeah, we do do some crazy stuff, <laughs> <laughs> you
2: know, we don't, but we don't try, we're not, we uh. You know, we we just knew we wanted the uh, energy. We wanted, you know, the upbeats and the horns and, and the skanks uh, and and the punk. We wanted the energy of it. So that's kind of what we labeled ourselves. But we don't, we don't try and force it to be anything when we start something new.
0: The no-name ska punk band doesn't really trip yeah, off the tongue just, quite as well.
2: <laughs> like we we try to give people an idea of what we were, of what we were with the name, but we couldn't be you know completely specific because we just can't.
0: No, exactly. Uh, um, it's it's a good laugh though. So, <laughs> and actually, uh, my next question is a good laugh as well. Do you practice?
2: <laughs> 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 um, you know. Bef- before 2020 we actually did yeah (laughs) um it's a it's somehow somehow things have gotten complicated but we're you know we're trying to get back into it um yeah the
0: job the job all of our jobs have kind of construed to make it very difficult to get in the room at the same Mm. time haven't it but it's not impossible we're meeting up on on next saturday right all right yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hopefully uh but we, you you we, we, used to, we used we used to do uh, yeah. we personally,
2: we used to play once a week, yeah. you know at a band we would get together once a week, and sometimes it would be more of a practice and uh, a, a rehearsal, and then other times would be you know writing yeah. and and we usually probably divide each practice up into all right, we're gonna do our rehearsal time of. Running through stuff to be ready for the show, and then now we're gonna mess about and see what comes up and and write. But you kind if you if you play out as much, and we we only play one to two shows a month typically. Yeah. Um, but even then, that's you you can't not run run through the sets. It's oh, not, it's not gonna the be the same for sure. Yeah. So if you don't get sometimes if you don't get enough time together, then it makes it harder to focus on the writing or the creativity or do with stuff because you still have to get that rehearsal portion down yeah to run through stuff to keep the chops up yeah
0: so um in terms of like uh you and your guitar do you ever find yourself playing it at home do you practice much yeah Has it like solo kind of
2: thing? yeah not as much as i used to but every once in a while i do um you know living with my girlfriend i i typically don't want anybody listen to me when i'm just like messing around and discovering right. something new you know if yeah. i had, once i have practiced something or something new i got it down that i feel comfortable with it and it's something worth hearing then i don't mind so it's uh it's, it's harder to find the time where yeah. it's just me but uh every once in a while and in, cer- in certain songs writing you know some of very few of my songs that i've ever written i think i sat down and said i'm going to write a song usually right. something is it's just in my head or i hear something even before i even touch the guitar i already have something cooking in my head yeah and i will have to get up and go pick up my guitar and sit down and play it and work it out otherwise i wouldn't be able to go to sleep or, or whatever yeah man
0: is. yeah i can relate to that that's kind of how it happens with me um like my in the last i th- i feel like the pandemic and everything that happened in that got me back into rehearsing and it's still stuck like i'm not rehearsing practicing at home as much as i did mid pandemic that's all i was doing but but i've, I've definitely it's definitely stuck i'm still doing well, it well don't like, you know. play
2: gigs like seven days a week i mean yeah you could call
0: that practicing <laughs> but it's a well-worn right at this point we know what we're doing yep. you know. like um i try and keep it interesting and you know we'll try and play something that we that we don't like that we barely know you know just to try you know we but you can kind of tell when a band is rehearsing in front of you, so we don't, try and, we don't put people to do that too much, you know? Yeah. A little bit every now and again if there's not many people there. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, right, yeah, the, the next question is sort of propaganda-related, and um, it's having seen so many bands at this point, because you must have seen more bands. I mean, you know, I've seen a gazillion bands because when you're on tour, you have to watch all of the guys who are supporting or you're supporting. So I've seen loads, but you at this point i have seen bazillions of bands. Would you say that there are things to do and things not to do when a band's first starting
2: out? Absolutely. Um, the, I mean, how long in time do we got? We got I mean, <laughs> this is, there, you know, there's so much, but I would say, you know... I just run my venue. I, I don't. I don't know if I knew the exact formula or anything. I'm not saying that I. I would. If I did, then I wouldn't be here right. talking with you. I'd be on tour. Yeah, um, you'd be
0: in LA talking like Mark Maron or something. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> um, so I don't know. I'm. I'm not. I'm not the expert. I don't. I don't think I am. But I definitely know some things not to do, because I, I see it so often. And, um, but there's there's so much that I could say but i would i would say that the one most important thing that i would want to stress to bands and it's something that like people don't talk about they don't uh, think about they don't put time into it and it's the relationship of the band it's the interpersonal right. dynamics between each other and the band make no mistake a band is a relationship yeah. with four or five people here it's mm-hmm. it's, it's a polyamorous relationship yeah. and you got to uh and you got to have a relationship with everybody and I th- I think that more often than not that can end bands or hurt bands that yeah. had potential or even you know one really good musician really talented one that had had a chance to make it but then got in with the wrong band and that band ended because of personal issues and then he gets into another one and that one does and then he's at past a point you know where if he if if a, if I think if uh when forming a band usually everybody's like all right we got a few songs let's jam and then let's just go and it it never stops. Yeah. And they don't talk about anything um they don't talk about what they the, what the direction they want to go. You know I I said the term make it and I I've heard you talk about it uh on a couple of your podcasts but making it Means can mean many different things to absolutely. lots of people. Everybody wants to be the rock star and absolutely. Go well, there's
0: this idea that you arrive somewhere, right but you don't arrive anywhere. It's mm-hmm. just you might make more money or something, but that's it. I mean, you know, this, the the concept that uh, the concept that one day someone hands you like a golden ticket and says, "You sir, have made it." That's right. just not not a thing. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. And
2: but but people but dreams can be there like for for certain people to be different things, but. Like, in my mind, you've absolutely made it as a musician because you pay all your bills with right. music in one way or another, and you have multiple avenues that you do so to to bring in the money to support you, but you afford your life and you're happy with music in one way or another. And that can be one person's vision of making it, and then another person's only the dream, the rockstar we're getting signed and we're going on getting
0: mobbed when they walk down the street type thing
2: and but if if you if uh if the group that you're starting everybody's got different definitions of that or the direction that the band is going to go in you're you're going to run into problems eventually that's
0: absolutely true and you know i've i've come across being in all the bands i've been over the years that that's been a thing for Mm -hmm. sure and you know one of the things um we had a manager great guy liam feakery um big up liam um, he, you know, he, one of the time he said to us, just try all we'll pointing in the same direction. Just you know, mm-hmm. if you all, if you all worked in the same direction for like, you know, six months, you would be, um, it'd be a crazy how much would happen. You know, it's right. like everything doesn't have to be a debate. Everything doesn't have to be an argument. Just kind of agree and just point in the same direction and then all of a sudden things will stop happening for you and it's a difficult thing to do but you know that's really it's a big part of it
2: right that's it and I know I know you and I have talked about uh, being critical of other bands that we see that oh, yeah, that I'm are good that. like like if you if you see somebody and they're really really good you kind of like get mad at them because yeah.
0: I got a lot better but I was terrible <laughs> with that you'd terrible. be like god
2: damn it they're good fuck yeah, them yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I wish I, I had or I was doing what they were doing uh, yeah. you know but that's that's a thing I think most people have it to some way or the other. It's professional jealousy. Pro- yeah, professional jealousy, <laughs> which is really, really, uh, you know, admiration. Yeah, um, essentially. But jokingly, to- you're like, Ugh. yeah. But along those lines, I'm sure you've seen a band, I can think of a few that uh, you thought just weren't really that good musically. Sure. They, they were simple, it wasn't, you know, well-developed or anything, yet they are going a million miles an hour playing gig after gig, getting on the road, touring, and they are kicking ass, and they're going in a direction. So the music ability wasn't there, but I guarantee you, just like you said, they're all pointing in the right direction. So everybody being on the same page as far as what the goals are, what you're trying to do with the band, and moving in that way, you can go way further than more talented and better singer and songwriters if they're not and i think i think that's the problem and and if if you work on that and you get that down and then you have good music and talented singers and, and you know you put it all together and you really stand a chance at accomplishing whatever the goal is that you guys are setting out for each other yeah um but if not you're eventually it's going to shut you down.
0: Well, it's a little bit like being married, and you know, uh, Chris Christie always brings up, the, not in a bad way, really, but like um, the, the Neil, who uh, was the drummer in Sonic Beam Six, said to her oh, you think all the things about him are cute now. Wait wait until five years. Those things you thought were cute are going to be the things that are really annoying. And like, and you know, it's exactly, and Neil was saying that because Neil had been in a band with me for five years and that's how he felt. So he was just giving Christy good you know, warning. And like, <laughs> yep. I just think that's, you know, that's absolutely true. You spend so much time with these people. We've got to make sure that, that, you know, there's some, A, some ground rules and B, that you want to spend time, you know, that, at least, that you can at least, Bear being around them a lot of the time mm-hmm. because if not, then you're going to be in trouble. You know,
2: you mm-hmm. spend huge amounts of time with these people, and and also your, it's it's like it's a conversation that really needs to happen when forming a band that not everybody does, and it it's something that needs to be revisited because people change. Yeah, over time, you know, every you're in a band, and and there's like we were saying, there's many ways to make it as a band. So if one person's only wants to do his songs that he's writing because he's the best songwriter in the world and only wants to go this direction, then he's going to need people that want to do that. And other people are like, well, I don't want to work as an electrician. I'd rather play music every night and do a cover band and be a gigging musician and make a living off of it instead of chasing the dreams that I don't think's happening. And then, you know... And that changes with everybody in the band throughout the lifetime that you're that you're together, yeah. And just if you don't stay, make sure that everybody's on the same page and, and constantly discuss it. And somebody starts thinking it a, a different way, they're not going to be happy, and eventually they're yeah. gonna, they're going to leave. Yeah. And whatever direction you're trying to go, if you keep having to, repl- the it's going to slow down. Anytime you have to replace somebody and try to find somebody that's going your direction, and after you do yeah. that time or time again. It's eventually past the point, and the steam's gone, and yeah. there there goes the the whole project. So I just think, it just like any relationship, communication is the key. Right? There you but go. Absolutely. I don't think uh, I don't think people focus on that enough, and I I really see that as a problem uh, for a lot of bands.
0: Maybe we should start a um, an offshoot company of band therapy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think uh, being. Our own, our own band's therapy is enough. (laughs) It's enough for me. I don't think I can take other bands.
0: That's a fair, fair comment.
2: that's just sad when I see promising bands that are that are just good, and they eventually end up stopping or breaking up and moving on. When it's it's stuff like that that probably could have kept them going or saved it, you know? Yeah,
0: I hear that. So, I think it would be criminal not to ask you, um, like who, who, who do you who are sort of local staples that that you really enjoy playing at prop, and also who who who's coming through um, that's exciting and new at the moment in your opinion?
2: Oh, um, and it's been—I mean, I've have owned prop for almost ten years now. Yeah. Before that, managed a speakeasy for a couple of years, and um, excuse me, John Jordan, uh, my partner in prop. Uh, and he was my partner, Sick Boy Productions. Before we ever worked our way up to prop, right. we we're booking shows for I don't know five, seven years before we even got into any of that. So, seen so many bands, yeah. And uh, but the one, the f- the few that m- most of them are gone now. Like, yeah. and we lost, we lost through, a few through uh, through COVID. But uh, you know, in e- each genre luckily there's a couple that you know stick around i mean obviously spread the dub the boys and spread the dub yeah of course they're like timeless uh, they don't even age they just get a little fatter but they, <laughs> look, they still look the same tell me all mate tell me um on. sorry mick um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but i mean they're they're just they're awesome they're hands down it's, there's a reason why they're a staple they're just yeah. amazing musicians. I know. Yeah,
0: it's, we're talking about like professional jealousy. I can be watching them and get a little bitter every now and again, yeah.
2: <laughs> every once in a while, because they're just they're they're you know sometimes you just because they've been so long, and you see them so many times. Like oh, let's spread the dub, but yeah, you watching me like oh yeah, hit you're like oh, there's a reason why they're they're still standing totally. Um, but uh, you know, I think the thing about prop in in our community that comes to it is that you get. Every band not might might not be for you, but there's something for everyone, and yeah. you get some just crazy, amazing things. And one of my f- favorites since since the very first time I seen him was the the Zoo Peculiar. Yeah, man. Those boys, I just first time I saw them, I just fell in love with them. I mean, it's, it's rock, space music, yeah. circus music from outer space, yeah. like rock, and it's just. Nobody else does what they do. Yeah, and they do it so well. It's it's just they're they're awesome. Um, There's there's so many good bands, and we've had, you know, through uh, through COVID, we lost a bunch. We and we did, but we did get a few new ones. You know, and obviously like, rocket bands like Sons of a Tradesman have have built up they like they came out of nowhere yeah really and, and they're just tearing it up all of a sudden uh,
0: i was seeing stuff on social media with spread the dub and them like and in practice rooms and stuff and i was
2: like who are these guys and then all of a sudden <coughs> a, but there, yeah. there's a reason for it all all these guys are i mean it's not just wow rock energy they're extremely talented musicians yeah all of them you talk about musician je- jealousy like every one of them is a better musician than i am you know <laughs> uh it, you know just even you being in a band with you just always blows me away your 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 talent is just disgusting i for obvi- arguably i could see you on an inter- interview me because of what i've done in the in the scene and, and running prop but musicianship wise it's like Muhammad Ali interviewing Sylvester Stallone playing Rocky, <laughs> well, like act, he's just acting like a boxer. But
0: that's very flattering. But it's also, you know, there's there's the 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 truth is that um, the things in you know, I don't necessarily want this to turn into just a huge sort of mutual backslapping <laughs> thing. But like the there's so, in terms of songwriting and song crafting and knowing about what it is to be in a band and stuff like that that. There's no one better than you. You're really good at it. And arranging songs and stuff, you know, it's, it's something to behold, actually. And the fact that you've sometimes got these whole songs written in your head, and you just walk us through it. It's, like, already mapped out in there. And, you know, that's not how I do things at all. And, <laughs> and and just knowing that, you know, like, I can't even imagine how you how you have this sort of fully formed kind of behemoth in your head, and you just explain it to us, like, bit by bit. So, you know, that's not true. you you got a few tricks up your sleeve, old Bean. Well, it's...
2: <laughs> Well, I guess you know. It's sometimes I still kind of feel like I notice. Uh, you know, in in listening to podcasts now, has has been a thing. Yours, yeah. uh, I've been listening to uh, you know Krista Makes from Less Than Jake uh, yeah. podcast for a while, where it's uh, song like some of our favorite artists breaking down their songwriting process and listening to it. I feel I experience music like different than huh. than most people that you know. Like Andy Johnson, our bassist, can like spit out every member's name of like every band he's listened yeah, to, yeah. like all the details of, uh, uh, you know, gear gearhead people. Like I feel like I almost am like auditing it, kind of. Right, like I, right. I, I I enjoy it, like I just enjoy it a different way. Like I enjoy right. what I enjoy, and I and that's and I enjoy it immensely. But I don't go to the level, and so sometimes I. I still feel like that little kid going into his first show or finding the new bands. Even when I'm looking at the other musicians around me, because everybody's just so talented. I still feel like um, we're we're just the point. The point was is that we just have so many amazing, amazing musicians right here in the local scene. Yeah, man, that's
0: actually the reason we started to do this podcast. And it's like you know, sometimes it it might sound because we say it's so much a little disingenuous but it genuinely is true like there are a lot of good musicians down here it's criminal not to sort of shine more light on all these people because there's just so much good stuff down here it absolutely is.
2: and I, I feel bad because so all these bands I really really love a lot of the bands around here and, and it's it's more than just as I book them like we've been I've been doing it so for so long we're all friends it's a, yeah. a and pretty much family to me a lot of them um, so it, I've it's hard to not. To, it's hard to leave a bunch of them out and yeah, specify yeah, yeah. some others, but there are a couple. Uh, you know, like even in the metal scene, uh, two bands that were were already bands like way back in the day. They've been gone from the scene for like I don't know, eight to ten years or something. They reunited during COVID. Uh, Rise is one of them. Afterbirth right. is one yeah. of them, and they just came back and just started shredding ridiculously good. <laughs> yeah, um, so. Like the metal scene's doing really well post-covid all the other ones are kind of hurting but starting to come back it's uh, it's good to see we're getting a few new bands coming out uh you know in the metal scene besides those guys reuniting and coming back um two two amazing bands just exploded on the scene and that's Crip Keeper uh, yeah. and uh Black Denim Rage yeah. uh, both both the bands uh if you see they're playing anywhere they're playing go check them out and you'll see what Best i mean lady. you know Crip Keeper's uh more death metal and uh the amazing morgan front it and um it's a conglomeration of other musicians from that from all the metal bands that have been around all joining into it and it's just, it's just disgustingly good yeah uh but then uh I'm, i gotta say the black denim rage in the metal scene is is like my jump out band you gotta check these boys out oh, they're just young kids they're just these sweet young kids that are just busting out crazy thrash metal reminiscent of like early Metallica stuff and it's just so good oh awesome like put them on on the show with with some of the older guys that have been playing for a while and all of them are just like damn (laughs) 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 all right these kids are doing something and it's just no that's great to hear that it's refreshing to see some uh some young blood coming in and doing older style stuff and killing it uh oh man speaking of that one of another band I'm pretty excited about um some young kids and they I'm talk about re uh, reimagining some older sounds uh but a band called Subject to Change found them online and it's what I heard was like it's like it's classic rock like late 70s like uh i don't know chicago i hear a little uh. abba a little abba i hear <laughs> and yeah the harmonies and everything and it's just the the song the songwriting and the structure of it is so reminiscent of of the of stuff that is like way older than them yeah and they're reimagining and making a modern that oh, i didn't cool. believe they could do it like when i messaged them to see about book and i'm like you guys actually sound like this live and they're like oh no yeah we could do it And i'm like all right well i'll give you a chance to see it and they just blew me away and oh, anybody wow. i talked them up to that has seen them uh as all agreed uh they're they're really good so watch watch out for subject to change they're, they're pretty good yeah cool um you know on the punk scene we finally got an, another new one that uh just had their first show a prop pretty excited about and that's straight jacket and uh you know it's made up of members that have been in other bands and it's, it's just cool to see this one coming in because it's we, we've got lots of different types of punk bands around uh this is my kind of punk yeah it's like it's it's just pretty straightforward punk and it doesn't yeah. have you know it's i don't know what all the lyrics are about because well it's punk so I, <laughs> you know, but uh you know it's not it's not uh not trying to be angry or you know with the shit you know this the singer it's probably just because it was his first show as well, but he had a smile on his face the entire show you know, <laughs> right. it' was just it's just like good energy punk and uh cool. it was a, I'm really happy to have those boys as a part of the scene the jacket boys that's great there's lots of good, lots of good stuff even even on the other side you know we have a uh, monthly uh, monthly show that's uh the uproar open mic um sh- share your artistry open mic and um we get a lot more uh urban artists, R&B, and uh, yeah. hip-hop artists on it. And, you know, it's been a while since somebody really impressed me in it because it's not usually my forte of music. Right. But we still make sure prop is for everybody. Everybody has sure. a chance no matter what they are, whether it's my personal taste or not. But it's, it's so it's, it's rare that somebody, like, drops my jaw. And just this last weekend, uh, we had an artist, Miss Cleo, get up there, and it was a four-person uh You know it was almost like four person gospel harmonies oh w- damn done over uh just ridiculously well produced tracks and yeah, cool. and like every like the whole room like you just see everybody like, just like looked at each other like <laughs> wow <laughs> That's uh, awesome. no, miss Miss cleo, you see her performing uh check her out is it it's uh it was re- it was definitely refreshing we 're getting some new new people coming out in the scene and it 's it's, Good to it's hear. really nice. That's awesome. Yeah, Like
0: I, I love going down to Propaganda and seeing what's going on. And I'm playing all the time, otherwise I'd be there more. But um, talking of playing, um, why don't you play us a couple of songs, mate?
2: All right. Uh, when you asked me to do it, I thought uh, we should. We have our, our new album coming out for yeah. uh, uh, No Name Sky Band Side 2, our album release party. Yeah. It's going to be uh, August 7th. So uh, I wanted us to play one of the songs on the tracks, uh, And we wanted to do uh, So Tired. Yeah. Uh, It was a song that, because it's a song that a lot of people haven't heard us play. We really didn't play it a lot out at shows because something about when we were playing it and practicing it, just never really, we never got it right. Yeah. Like when we were playing, rehearsing it live, something it just wasn't clicking with the feel to it. So we weren't really excited about it. But when we sat down and we recorded it and really broke it down and got everything Right, it it really became like a sleeper track yeah like, it's we, one
0: of the more complicated ones to as a full band to perform because it's uh, you know there's there, there's a lot of harmonies i'm switching between sax and guitar there's a lot going on i think honestly it was just a it was just difficult to to, to achieve but now you know we've recorded it we've got
2: it going yeah, now, it, it went, going into the studio it was like one of our least favorite songs coming out of the studio it was like wow that song really came through as a banger yeah totally. uh, so we want to do that one and uh, then I uh, thought, you know, everybody's used to seeing me in the ska bands or other bands that I've been in and singing about drinking or partying. <laughs> so I figured I would uh, try and do some of my solo, acoust- solo acoustic song I wrote that uh, only a few people like if you've gone to any of the open mic nights. So I used to do, maybe have heard, but not a little softer side of Matt Krug. I'll give you one of those, too.
0: Yeah, cool. All right, get to it. Let's do this.
1: same old places all the same old faces and their plastic smiles so tired of looking in the mirror always staring into bloodshot eyes what do you want from me what do you want from me So tired of every day passing, bringing nothing but the same old thing. So tired of lighting all the fires, burning bridges just to feel the same What do you want from me? I'm giving everything I have to give. What do you want from me? This isn't any way to live. I've done enough time for a lifetime. Not enough, I'm getting out of here. Gotta stand by or lay down and die. Enough, I'm getting away from here. Whoa. So tired of the crooked politicians in the cheap suits and the thin disguise. So tired of this broken-down palace Being built around a house of lies What do you want from me? What was are sold is never what it seems What do you want from me? While we walk in this waking dream I've done enough time for a lifetime Had enough I'm getting out of here I gotta stand by or lay down and die Had enough for getting away from here Oh Can't hide your feelings More than I can Mine You can't hide your feelings More than I can Mine And you know I can't lie So I'd like to know I'd like you to know When you're done With me All the memories are old and gray When you're done with me You'll still be my everything Tell me, I'm not alright. I'd like to know. I'd like to know.
0: All right, man, that was great. It was. Uh, it was nice to hear that uh, song that you did on your own. There, I don't think I've ever heard you play the uh, harmonica
2: before. <laughs> well, I. It wasn't. wasn't too bad. A couple flows but pulled it off. But you know. If uh, I only sound like I'm a good harmonica player if you don't play the harmonica. <laughs> 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 but if you do, I don't, I don't really know what I'm doing. You know, just like when you ask me what chord am I playing, and I'm just like here. Three. <laughs> or, yeah, I'm this this one, and you have to look and figure it out. I just, I, I just got to ha- have an ear for things. You know, I taught myself guitar after, um, you know, I, learned, I was taught piano. It's like so reading music and stuff like that, but left it all behind and taught myself just by ear on guitar and like with the harmonica i just figured out how to something that sounded good with it i don't really know what i'm doing
0: <laughs> it's cool though. it's cool you know about it, as much as what you're doing on a harmonica as i do bro which is it works it sounds good yeah. i do that too i, I played harmonica too i enjoy it sounds like you know proper bob dylan style you know it's not, yeah it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah i was gonna uh i wanted to, what i wanted to ask you and i didn't get around to asking you earlier is um So a lot of the songs that you write um, are very personal and also quite emotionally charged. And I wondered, um, do you find, and I also, because I know you very well, I know that you've had some traumatic events happen in your life. Do you find that writing about them has helped, A, and um, B, is uh, is there any other purpose to to writing about these things that,
2: that have occurred in your life? Well, you know do i do i intentionally go into writing a song as a form of therapy i don't i don't think so right um you know you're you're writing out of emotions so, and if something is is real prominent on on your mind at the moment of course it's going to be like the first thing that tends to come out or or be related to um i would say most of my almost every song i've ever written has started with a personal emotion about something that I'm going through or thinking about at the time. Yeah, uh, you know, like so tired. You know, as much as I love prop, I also and I was I felt like I was stuck for for a little bit. You know, you you go through. Uh, you know, I'm a person. I go through my own ups and downs and and uh, roller coaster of uh, feelings. And I was I felt stuck, man, for a while. And so that's that song started coming out there. So yeah. I, but every so some of it was real like exactly what I was thinking or feeling, and that was in there, but then so it always starts with me, but then I'd start to think universally about people who are feeling the same thing, yeah, or that would be in that spot. So like everything that I say in a song doesn't mean it actually happened to me or I was thinking it. Right. It, it might some of it is, and then so it always starts with the personal stuff, and then I tend to think universally. uh, To make it relate, yeah, yeah, you know, and I think, um, I think a lot. I think you know, I've heard a lot of artists talking about that they do it. That that, they tend to do that as well, and I think that's what makes a song.
0: So you start with a real emotion, a real thing, mm -hmm. and that's a great. That's a very solid sort of foundation, Mm -hmm. you know, to build on for sure.
2: And but if you make it universal, then it can be, it can mean a lot of things to a lot of people, and you know, everybody hears what they want to hear in your song. Yeah, and, and relates it to how they feel, and I think I think that helps. Um, I know it definitely helps me when I, although I don't int- I don't seek it out as a form of therapy, but I know it abs- it absolutely does when you when you get through a song, it can help you. Yeah, um, I put a i put a lot of you know in our stuff. <laughs> our song sounds so happy, <laughs> yeah. and No Name Skyman it's like all high energy, upbeat, and uh, but it's. Our songs are pretty dark, (laughs) you know, uh, about addiction and uh, uh, death and and, uh, depression. Yeah. Yet it's the the, the happiest depressing songs.
0: (laughs) When you met me was when I was starting to head down, like when it was going from being fun to being out of control. That's Mm -hmm. when you really... When we, but well, that's when the, we started doing the band. Is where, when it was tipping over from fun to out of control for me. So you really saw, you've seen me at my worst, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but also now at my best. So you know, swings and roundabouts. Um, yeah, but um, real quick, I um, this show has a sponsor, and I uh, I haven't um talked about them yet. That it is a place that's very close to my heart because um. I am helping to run it with my father-in-law, and uh, it's called Handlebars, and it is Handlebars Bar and Grill, and it's in Tequesta, um, right on US1 there, on the border of Martin County and Palm Beach County, and it is a biker bar, so you can roll up there on your bike and park right out front. You can obviously come on four wheels too if you want, and actually, it's pretty interesting to come there and see all the different vehicles parked outside. There's always interesting stuff to take a look at. The food is great. And the, it's got a whole, loads of uh, interesting beers on tap. And um, we also have live music there. On uh, So every second Thursday of the month, there is a bike night from 6 to 9. And then Saturdays, we have music from 5 to 8 p.m. And on Sundays, we have music from 2 to 5. And it's just a good, chilled-out place. It's family-friendly, dog-friendly. Uh, you should come and check it out. It's a handlebars bar and grill. All right, so... Uh, now we've got that done um the next thing i want to talk to you about is uh you have a very interesting looking guitar i've always admired <laughs> it can you uh tell us a little bit about that
2: well i got a i got a couple of them. my main one uh is a washburn paul stanley series uh and it's actually my second one of those guitars. Oh, there it is. Uh, yeah, look at that. There that's, he is. That's the white one. I was kind of oh man, it's cut off, but you can't see the uh, the chrome star tail stop piece on it, which I have to admit. So this this is my second one. I had my original one. It was a black one. I bought when I was probably like I don't know twenty twenty one, and uh, to be I'll be absolutely honest. I bought it all just because it had the star on it, <laughs> I literally, and it and it just looked badass, you know. I like, did. It's
0: did a, Quite, if I'm honest with you, I don't think I've ever bought, I, I want my guitars to sound good, but I'm, I mean, I'm always sold by the way they look,
2: man. Yeah, it, you know, and the the Paul Staley series, it's kind of like an Explorer, but it has a rounded uh, back like, uh, you know, most like normal guitars, it yeah. doesn't have the the V at the end, okay. like, like a full on Explorer, yeah. and so... I liked it because it looked cool, but it wasn't like full on too yeah. much metal, like yeah, too metal, yeah. you know, for me. You know, that's the what I like. Playing, it too. Yeah. but uh, the, I mean, the black one I got. I don't even, I don't even think I knew it was uh, uh, Paul Stanley from Kiss's guitar. Like it was one, <laughs> one of his when I bought it. I literally, I just had an affinity for stars at that age, and I'm like, sure. yep, that's, uh, that's my guitar. But uh, I was for a while. I was playing with the the Hard Richards yeah. uh, for almost like Big six up hard years. Richards. And uh we played a show at like the Hideout or Hideaway or something in, in Del Rey and uh the Hard Richards is a is a real party band. I mean we're yeah. we're a party band, no name Sky band, but uh I don't it pales into comparison I think with uh, the Hard Richards I'd say so. days and uh I honestly don't know if uh you know, we all were carrying gear out. I don't know if uh it was left or if it actually fell out of the truck, uh, but it definitely was nowhere at the venue the next day. Yeah. So I pretty much thought somebody had walked off with it and it broke my heart. It just broke my heart for the black one. Uh, but so then Man, I decided I'm going to go buy a white one of the exact same guitar just in case because I was like really trying to track it down. I was Looking at pawn shops all over Florida, you know, really yeah. trying. But if I found it, then I'd have, you know, perfect interchangeable black and white, you know, for a uh, backup cool. car and a guitar and a regular one.
0: Well, if anyone sees it, maybe it's still out there.
2: Yeah, if you uh, know somebody that has a black <laughs> Paul Stanley uh, guitar with a chrome tail stop piece, the uh, back will be all messed up from my double belt buckle. Yeah. Uh, your classic,
0: <laughs> your, your signature double belt situation.
2: You know, but I, I bought it just the looks. It was a vanity <laughs> guitar. At first, I, I just fell in love with it when I saw it, but it actually the the Washburn I've I found in, in and in playing other Washburns and it like uh just uh, the the way it's set up, it you know it's just real low flexibility without any buzzing or any, yeah. anything to have it that low and, and the easy easy playability on it without yeah. without it being you know wonky. Sure. Is, uh it actually is a really good guitar. Yeah, a, a really good guitar, and um I have another one that's. Uh, it's pretty cool, too. Also, another vanity. I think I was listening to a lot of uh, uh, Alkaline Trio at the time, right. and uh, so I got a BC Rich Dagger. Yeah. Uh, it's a black one with two daggers as the F-hole cutaways. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah,
0: I love your metal, metal choices <laughs> of guitar. So we both play Marshalls as well, don't we? Marshall amps, and I always think that's pretty cool. Yeah, you know, you know like we're my... dragging our big old tubes out. <laughs> I'm still like everything's moved on a little bit, but you know, we're kind of stubbornly holding on to the half stacks, you know?
1: Yeah.
2: I mean I just the, the that's my kind of sound like I, I really yeah. love like the nineties punk, which was, you know, a Les Paul and a Marshall. You know, that yeah. was that was the tone that everybody was rocking and and I don't know. I I'm I know you're a gearhead, like pedal, pedals and stuff and uh I've never I've never used them. I always just give me a an amp that's got a good clean crunch and an overdrive. Yeah, and that's pretty much the wheelhouse that I write in is those three tones.
0: Well, I, I, if I'm honest, I I personally would go with with a good amp distortion over over a pedal. You know, if if I had the choice. And when we play a No Name sky band that is what I do. You know, I use the I use the amp overdrive as the as the main overdrive for sure.
2: There's a time and place for everything. In our, in our music, it doesn't, it doesn't really need or require anything too much more, I guess.
0: Yeah, exactly. In so one that
2: way, that might limit, limit me in what I do right, I suppose. But at the other hand, I don't know. It's just it's my, my wheelhouse. And I don't want to have to carry one more thing. <laughs> 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 oh, I get it, man. So um, at the end here,
0: what we generally do is we, um, we talk about dates that are coming up. Um, and uh, seeing as you were... Um, or a club owner, do you have any interesting stuff that's happening over at Propaganda coming up?
2: Yeah, man, I, honestly we have uh I, I'm just about to be rolling out just amazing shows for the next three months. We're gonna be really, really busy and, and just killer shows. Uh but coming up here uh July thirty first. Saturday, July thirty first, we have the queers coming back to prop. Yeah, cool. Uh and the queers, you know, this is gonna be the first really big tour band coming yeah. through props since we were forced to be closed in uh 2020 how exciting so it man it's it's such a good feeling it's just like all right uh, so we're back you know yeah and uh yeah so really stoked on that one and, and of course uh you know our our album release party on uh august 7th
0: yes yeah, for the side two, it's good that we um have been working on this <laughs> record oh for like three years i would say well we. Look we, at us up there, look at us, I love that oh, picture. Oh, there
2: we go, yeah. That's, <laughs> oh, I'll tell you, that was a fun photo shoot day. Absolutely, Hunter
0: <laughs> was uh, behind the camera from Spread the Dub, we had a good laugh. Yeah, Hunter
2: Hutchins did our did our photos for it and uh, sweated out with us in, in the heat. Yeah. I'll tell you, it's one thing wearing ski masks for a 40-minute a set, but for... Like a three-hour photo shoot or whatever it was we were doing out <laughs> yeah. in the sun outside. That was pretty brutal. Yeah, uh, had we to suffer for our art. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, so yeah, Hunter did those photos and that and that album. You know, it. We wrote it like or we recorded it three years ago, and then we stopped working on it for like a year and yeah. a half, and then we uh, and then we just got back in and just knocked it out. That that was because you know and. It, I think it it in some way had something to do with like what I was talking about the interpersonal band dynamics you know when when we had two members leave us right as we had finished recording it and it just threw everything off you know it, it became hard to to lock back down and finish it like cuz everything yeah. in the band had changed and then we had to go through the cha- the, the struggle rebuilding yeah. and that's a perfect example of how things the, the dynamics and in the and in the, in the relationships in the band can totally hurt a band.
0: Yeah, and that's not even really necessarily in a negative way because, yeah. because you know like um everyone, what happened happened for perfectly sort of reasonable reasons. It was just it happened, and so it threw us yeah. off. You know, and and it um, changed. The, the, yeah,
2: the, the the dynamic changed and and the direction or the, the feel changed. It, it was you know, and it's going to happen. Things change, people change.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and in a way you know everything sort of seems to happen for a reason sometimes and and just for i know for me having a bit of a break there was sort of necessary for my own sort of like mental health i needed i needed some time to you know in recovery to get my myself back to square one and i have done it and 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 so then coming out and looking at it with fresh ears almost it was it was it was it was nice to delve back into it and we you know we did a good job of it i feel like you know yeah we, we
2: produced it ourselves Yeah, it was, you know, it it happened the way it was supposed to, now we have. And uh, after taking such a long break, though, it was just so nice to finally get this out. I'm so excited to get this out, play the show. uh, August 7th is going to be ridiculous. We couldn't, I couldn't have even have guessed, but how it happened was funny. Chris DeMakes from Less Than Jake is actually going to be opening up for us. On our album release party, which to me is just like it's just it's just ridiculous, you know. I know, yeah. He, it's it's Chris Mix. I know, it's crazy, you know. And uh, but uh, you know, he's played prop a few times, and uh, he he actually called me out of the blue. Uh, he always seems to call me when I'm having my morning cup of coffee. by <laughs> by morning cup of coffee, I mean around eleven, twelve o'clock sure, in the yeah. afternoon. That's yeah. my that's my morning crack of noon. But he called me and actually uh, he he was reaching out to me. He just wanted to do something for prop. Cause uh, he's like, he's like, I need a vacation because you know the, their band wasn't playing, they couldn't tour anywhere, and and he's like, and I'm sure Prop could use it. Like I'll, yeah. i I want to come and uh, and just I need to get out. I want to come down and play something for you. And I'm like, well, our album release party's coming up. He's like bet let's do it anyway. it's so exciting so
0: so definitely a candidate for simulation theory that like is this really happening you know it's yeah super cool
2: <laughs> and, and of course we got the the muggles which are our new our new drummer uh, justin gianotsos is the singer the muggles and andy our bass player actually is playing i don't I forget if he's bass or guitar for them now but uh might be wrong it's gonna be there for, so it's our first show back since 2020 it's it's gonna be the muggles first show back for yeah. 2020 you got krista makes from less than jake um we got a sick band that uh called Neverless, and they're coming out of saint pete some young kids they're they're scott adjacent type ska punk like ours and uh but the, the singer just seems really cool i'm really looking forward to seeing what these what these kids bring oh neat and the he just la muerte yeah uh, three amazing girls uh witch punk uh, yeah, they're they're just awesome. It's, it's I've been involved
0: in previous iterations of that band. I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing them rock out. They're, they're cool, cool yeah. ladies.
2: So it's that's it's, going to be a great show. Um, there and then ch- check out uh, Propaganda's Facebook page for their event listings for all the other ones. I'm going to be rolling out ridiculous shows for the next uh, three months. But the other one I do want to mention because I tell everybody they got to see this band every time that they come down. It is literally one of the best shows everyone who sees them always says it and that is daikaiju Uh, oh right yeah daikaiju i'm so stoked you know another band that we know usually they come every october those are the
0: guys that just like pull the kit apart and set stuff on fire and everything
2: it you never know what to expect from them and each each time they come i'm like how the hell are they going to top what they did the last time (laughs) and they always do but the last time they were here uh you know they they led the they they wear masks, on, not unlike another band I know, but they don't say a word. It's you mean all, the Aquabats? It's, yes. <laughs> they uh, you know they it's all instrumental surf rock. It's like Dick Dale on acid, and uh, they wear kambuку kambuki master. Yeah, or, and yeah, uh, kombuki, yeah. And but it's amazing how the energy of the show and how they can actually control an audience without saying a word is. i you just don't. I haven't seen another band that does it like them and uh, the last the last show ended with uh, them walking the entire audience out to the street banging their drums and getting on top of their van and lighting their van on fire it really looked where I was just praying a cop didn't drive by right at that moment (laughs) it looked like a freaking riot outside a prop for some reason when stuff like that is going on it
0: always ends up fine I don't know why (laughs) it's just like weird like luck like that so
2: when I always wonder how they're going to top their last performance, this time I'm actually a little scared. <laughs> I don't know exactly what's going to happen. I'm going to have to have a talk with him ahead of time. Yeah. He, he always, he lies to me. He's like, I'm like, what are you going to do this time? Just I know. So I, I know man. he's like, uh, nothing special this time. Oh, let's go start a riot. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but... Uh, it's October 15th, uh, so if you get a chance, you want to check out Daikaiju. It's definitely one of the best shows that comes through pro Yeah,
0: the real spirit of rock and roll is in those guys, for sure. Mm-hmm. So um, we always do a shameless plug at the end. Kilbillys, even though Hector is away, even though Hector is uh, I'll on never vacation forgive you, and, um, and uh, is very much missed, we're going to say, um, kilverley uh, 's me and James are going to do a couple of shows we've got we 've got three to six at the square grouper on um, this Saturday on the twenty fourth and um, we 've got um, Paddy Max from nine to twelve so uh, if you need your fix of me and James we will be you can come and see us twice on saturday all right so listen matt it 's been an absolute pleasure. And um I'm sure Hector uh, is very much sad that he can be here as well, but um it's been nice to sit down and have a chat with you as it, it is always nice to sit down and
2: have a chat with you, so. Likewise Benjamin
0: yeah man take it easy
2: Goose. Thank see you, you see for having you. me yeah, See you what
1: we're doing Come and check it out it's what we're all about.